I had one of the best conversations, probably like top five conversations. That's how good it was this morning with my mother. And this conversation happened shortly after me getting extremely upset with her. <laughs> but really, this is how this went down. So I got upset because we she had texted me something and I felt like when I called her to clarify what she had texted me that there was a lack of consideration for what I might have been thinking and feeling and and the reason I felt that way was based on how she texted and then how she responded to some of my questions on the phone. Uh, when when I first called her after she texted me, I got extremely angry and then asked her to hand the phone to my father because that normally, they were in the car together, and that normally works. If she's getting worked up or not hearing me, he sometimes will hear me. Not always. I mean, really and truly, if we're going to be really honest here, my childhood was always one of like, if mom gets mad at me, dad is going to jump in and defend her no matter what. It if if I was lying bloody on the floor and she was standing over me with the knife in her hand, he would defend her. Right? I, not that that happened. I, I'm gonna say that for all intents and purposes here, but uh, that's how that relationship always went. But for some reason, in my innocent little mind, being their child, even though I'm a 36 year old woman, and and you know, have my own life and my own home and things like that, I still tend to think sometimes if she's not hearing me, maybe he will, right? And I think that's a very natural thought process to have. So she hands the phone to him while we're on the phone. And he's just, as always, I don't know why I act dumb, deaf, and stupid (laughs) to this even potentially occurring, but he makes He makes the meanest remarks like the me. So I'm I'm spouting things. I'm not being I'm not being really mean. I'm really regulated when I get upset with them, because if I'm not, it will just escalate and and do more harm than good. So I have to be the more regulated one out of the bunch. But I'm kind of trying to help them understand, like, you guys really didn't consider my feelings before doing X, Y, and Z. I said, but if I'm wrong, I will I will bow down and apologize to you. My father's quip back to me was, well, I guess you better prepare to do that. And I was like, wow, you don't have to be so rude, sir. You're really not hearing me. Neither of you are hearing me right now. So we hung up the phone and when my mom called back later when they got home and was trying to clear some things up with me, I went into an explanation and said, you know, I I really don't need an I'm sorry. I just really want you to hear me and understand where I'm coming from. I felt like you didn't consider this, 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 and this before you reacted or responded to me. And she was quiet. And I said, 
you know, I, I think in general, people have a hard time considering things. I go, but just, you know, for the sake of this conversation, here's what I considered before I said this or did this to you. I considered that what you were doing or saying was not malicious and it was coming from a good place because I know you and I know your heart and I know your intentions are always good. I know that you were also in the car and you were driving when you took my phone calls, so I know that you're not always the best at multitasking and you probably got a little frazzled. I also know that you want to immediately be able to help me or give me the answer when I ask. You're not the best at saying to me, I'll be home in an hour and then I can answer you once I'm home. And she responded and said, you're, you're right. And I will do better. And that's all I needed. I didn't need an I'm sorry. I I didn't need any of that. I needed to be heard and I needed and I will try to take that into consideration in the future. And the topics that I kind of want to tackle today really snowball off of this conversation because this conversation was one of many that I've been having in the last week or so regarding people's ability or inability to think beyond themselves. I really feel like the majority of people have a difficult time thinking about and considering other people's mental, emotional states before they say or do something. And that truly, in my eyes, is one of the major reasons we get into arguments to begin with. Sometimes when you're so passionate about what you're trying to communicate, you might not allow yourself to pause for a second and consider how another person might be receiving that information. And this is not, by any means, to be confused with responsibility for another person's emotional state. That's, that's a completely different topic. Considering somebody else's mental or emotional state and holding yourself responsible are two distinctly different things. I am always considering somebody's mental and emotional state when they jump in my comments and lash out at me. Before I reply, if I reply, because I I pick and choose my replies, if there's not what feels like openness in their comment, if there's not a question that they might have posed to me to kind of inquire about my perspective, if there's not that there, I'm not answering it. Because I can see you just are verbal vomiting your anger or hate or whatever in my comments. And there's really no purpose or value in me engaging that at all. It's not going to go anywhere. There's no openness for you to even hear beyond yourself, right? Which, (laughs) this is what I'm talking about. Uh, But if somebody shows an interest, right? They pose a question. They go, can I... Can I just understand a little bit better why you say this or why you suggest this, right? If they are capable and mature enough to do that, I'm more than happy to answer anybody. Whatever I'm answering, I'm always considering where that person is coming from, you know? I consider and factor in somebody's mental and emotional state when they just pop off at me and they go, you didn't even... 
you didn't address this, you didn't put it in this context, you did, well, okay, but clearly you're not considering me either. So you're accusing me of not considering all of these things, but what you're not considering is that I cannot cover all of those topics in a caption or a little quote or a 30-second clip of a video that I put, which is why, again, if you consider beyond this post, this isn't a biz this is a business, right? And there are services that you exchange money to receive to receive those things. But people have their own agenda, right? And they get stuck in it and it's very narrow-minded. And this is what people tend to forget when they're on social media, but also in just interpersonal relationships, like in their life, any type of relationship they're having, we tend to just forget or neglect the fact that there's a million reasons why. It's not the name of like a TV show or so. A million reasons, a million. I swear to God, that's a TV show. A million reasons why someone is acting or speaking the way they are. But We're all so stuck sometimes, and I say we all because I'm human too and I have my own mishaps, but we all are stuck at times in our own mind, in our own agendas, making our own points that we might not pause and be like, wait a second, (laughs) I didn't even consider the obvious here, which is this, 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 and this might be the reason why I'm not getting this, 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 and this from this person. Instead, what people tend to do is they just get angry. They just get angry because they're not getting their way. They just get angry because they can't control what you're saying or doing. They get angry and demanding. And if they take it further, they get insulting. They shame you. They degrade you. I mean, I experience that daily online, which... I was having a conversation with my mom about that. I mean, because it it connects. We were talking about that, and I was saying, you know, it's not going to take somebody commenting in a negative way to me to have me off myself. And my mom's like, I wish you wouldn't talk like that. I'm, I'm just keeping it real, mom. I have been somebody who's struggled with suicidal thinking in my teenage years. I know what that feels like. I know how to feel that low. I don't let myself feel that low these days, but I know how it feels. And it's not going to take that to get me there because I'm just not going to allow that to happen. But if I'm not me, right, I can't speak for everybody. It might take just one comment for somebody else. And people don't consider that. They're so stuck, again, in that narrow-minded mindset They just lash out, they make a comment, they throw out their shame, they throw out their criticisms, they throw out their judgments, and then you see the same people trying to empathize with, you know, so-and-so YouTube star who committed suicide or this influencer who, who took their own life. It's sad because it's the people that are doing the most harm that are are ignorant, and I don't use that word lightly, but in this case, ignorant to the impact of their own actions, you know? It's always the bully 
that can't recognize they're the bully. And you know why? Because the bully once felt bullied and they're so stuck in their pain, they can't get past it to consider beyond it. And, and they become these entitled creatures that demand respect and demand kindness, but won't give it. You can't get what you won't give. And that goes in many different ways, right? Like you can't get from others what you're not willing to give to others, but you also can't necessarily see or perceive kindness if you don't access it with yourself, right? I put up something on Twitter the other day, or no, I'm sorry, it was this morning, actually, I say so many intelligent things I forget. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, half serious, half kidding. Um, I, I said, you know, you have, it was talking about this topic. And, and I said, you know, you have to realize that those who struggle to consider others probably were never considered. That's the truth. But at a certain point in your life, once you become an adult, right? An adult is usually 18 years old. But I'm going to say like once you hit, once you hit 15, I'm just tossing an age out there for funsies. Once you hit 15, you you should start being well equipped to hold yourself accountable and responsible. I'm giving you to 15. That's some leeway there. I mean, ideally or younger. I've had younger clients. I've had eight-year-olds. I've had five-year-olds. I've had 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. They're some emotionally intelligent creatures that are coming to me at that age. They're rare breed. It's a rare breed. So it's, it, it, it's not something that I, like I can, I can go and sweep up real quickly in the world. Obviously, this will forever be a thing in some capacity. I think eventually it'll improve, just like event, like parenting has improved. When, when I was, I mean, my parents are late 60s, early 70s now. So if your parents and, and any client I talk to attest to this, if your clients are kind of in that age range, then you were probably raised in a day and age where there was more like, the mindset was respect equated to obedience, not respect had its like actual real definition because respect isn't obedience. But when we were growing up, that's what our parents thought because that's how they were raised. Respect means I can hear you and I can disagree with you, but I'm still going to support you, respect you, right? I'm going to respect our difference of opinion. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to support it even if I have a different perspective, even if I would do this differently. It doesn't mean I have to join you in doing what I disagree with. It just means I'm going to accept that you do things that way and I do things this way or you think that way and I think this way. You perceive that way, I perceive this way. But respect equating to obedience back in the day is, you know, it's just a way to control. Like, if you don't do what I want you to do, then you don't respect me. No, that's not respect. I had a conversation with my parents one day where 
I was listening to them argue while I was visiting with them. And my mom's go-to phrase is usually, you're not respecting me, you're not respecting me. What she really means is, I just, I need you to just agree with me or do what I'm telling you to do. And I kept chiming in. I couldn't help myself, y'all. I just couldn't. I just kept chiming in going, that's not what respect means. And they both like in the middle of their argument. Like, stop and look at me, and they're like, what? Yes, it does. And I'm like, no, respect means this. I kept redefining it for them. And then finally, by the end of their little argument, they were they both looked at me, and they were like, thank you for helping us see this differently. And I was like, you are welcome. I mean, n- not let's not get into all of the childhood trauma <laughs> that I endured from you actually believing respect equates to obedience, we'll just go with the thank you now and call it a day. I really believe, though, when you lack the ability to see beyond yourself and consider somebody else's perspective, point of view, mental or emotional state, you are going to lack the ability to support or respect them because because that's the bridge right? That's the bridge. If you can't consider somebody else sees the world through a different filter, if you can't consider what what another person might be living through or, or going through on an emotional level, if that's not even a factor in the equation before you engage in a conversation or, you know, um, any type of interaction with them, then you just like the bridge has not gone down for you to be able to provide any level of support or respect. It, It really just fractures a relationship. It's really important that we individually learn how to regulate, uh, I would, I honestly, sometimes I say a word so often that I wish I could just make up a new word to say because now everybody's jumped on board, which like really is a good thing. Like I've started a trend now of like everybody who talks to me is like using the word regulated or dysregulated, which was not verbiage that I was seeing out there in the world. Uh, and, and now when I say regulated, I'm like, come up with a new one, Amy. Jesus, like it's gotten old. It's not old. It's not old. But anyway, uh, if, you, if you don't have the ability to regulate your own emotional state, especially in a moment where you're triggered, then, then you are not going to be able to see beyond yourself, consider beyond yourself. You're just not going to because you now you're stuck in your pain. You're stuck in your pain and you're going to react to your pain. And like, this is why I give so much credit to people who want to work on this stuff. And and I say this to any client that sits in front of me. I go, I give you so much credit. I know firsthand from doing it with myself how difficult and challenging and uncomfortable this is. But it makes everything worth it. It makes it worth it. I can do shit that half the population can't do because I put in the time and effort and dedication to work through a lot of uncomfortable emotions that a lot of people would just rather cope with through avoidance and distraction. 
or playing victim or complaining or in my perspective, chalking it up to a diagnosis and using that as an excuse to not have to address it. You know, I think I addressed this in a recent episode of my podcast where I said, you know, when people come to my page, it says alternative holistic health service. Huh? Huh? What do you think that means? I have a different perspective. I have a different perspective than a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist, but a lot of licensed therapists, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, counselors, you name it, they're there are messaging me, hiring me, learning from me because this was not the perspective they were taught in their schooling to acquire their licenses and their degrees. They want an alternative perspective so they can fuse and integrate that into their practice. They show me more respect than some of these people that just jump on the comments because they're dysregulated and 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 want to attack. They don't maybe consider, you know, like somebody somebody not considering that I'm a holistic alternative health service will comment, why didn't you consider this diagnosis? Okay, why didn't you consider looking at my bio and factoring into that comment that maybe I don't look at diagnoses the way you do? Maybe I don't work with them. Instead of saying, you didn't consider this, maybe take that into consideration, right? But instead, they don't do that. They Instead, they jump in the comments and they go, you don't belong in business. You're an idiot. You should go back to school. And I'm kind of like, okay, thank you. I mean, I do continuing education religiously, but I thank you for promoting that because I, I'm on that track regardless. Man. Man, and in personal relationships, like, I I listen to, you know, people close to me complaining about other people in their lives or, you know, sharing their stresses with me about another individual that they're friends with or in their family or in a relationship with. And really, the basis of the problem is that one can't move past one's own pain to factor into the equation where another person was coming. I, I recently had somebody get upset with me, a, a friend, and I'm going to leave out a lot of context here, but I'm going to say uh, recently a friend was upset with me and they didn't communicate it to me until I sensed something was a little off and, and kind of reached out. And needless to say, I had gone through something and... Uh, and, and they know that it's a challenge for me what I had gone through. And then I had seen them a few days later and we were having a conversation. They were sharing something about going on with some extended family. And I made a quip. I, I, I quipped something off in regards to, and I don't even remember the context of this conversation, but the way they heard it or the way they reiterated it to me was I made a quip that sounded dismissive towards what was going on with them. And I said, well, by no means am I a dismissive person. 
So if I sounded that way, did you maybe consider the fact that like I was personally going through something and maybe didn't have the capacity, like instead of getting mad at me and holding a grudge and silently punishing me, did you maybe sit down for a second and process this and consider that Amy was going through something? This is not Amy's heart. This is not who Amy is. She's never behaved this way before. This is how I'm hearing it. This is how I'm feeling about it. But did I factor in some of the other things that were going on with her at that moment that that occurred? Because had those been factored in, there might not have been a silent grudge that was happening. You got to be able to talk. You know, you got to be able to express your confusion. You got to be able to express your feelings to be able to communicate your perception of a situation, you know, as, as needed. Because if you're unable to do that, it leads you into, into trouble when you're interacting with other human beings, you know? Like harboring your, your anger or your sadness or your frustrations with another person I say this all the time. I've written a million quotes saying it and posting it. That will that will fuel, fuel, like gas in a car. It will fuel your behavior patterns and your thought processes. In other words, if I'm pissed off at you and I hold that shit inside and I don't talk about it and I don't process it and I don't deal with it, then how do you think I'm going to treat you every time I'm around you? I could be fake and phony because I'm not being honest with myself. But at some point, at some point, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel if I went from being authentic to inauthentic. You're going to feel the facade go up. You're going to feel maybe me start to be a little passive aggressive or short tempered with you. This is what people do. This is why a lot of marriages break apart. Communicate. Haven't you heard people out there say like, One of the biggest things that will end a marriage is communication issues. Communication is everything to every relationship. To be be able to express yourself, to be able to tell somebody, I'm taking responsibility for how I feel in this moment. I'm letting you know that when you speak like this, when you act like this, I feel this way because I perceive it this way. If you don't know that about yourself, well, for shit, I was going to say for fuck's sake. (laughs) And then I stopped myself. Amy, don't say too many fucks. For fuck's sake, though. Learn yourself. Learn yourself so so that you can express yourself and learn yourself so that you can actually consider other people, you know? Now, I might have done it a little bit backwards with my parents because I worked on myself and and now my mom will say constantly, you're teaching me what I never learned, Amy. You're teaching me what I never learned. And I honestly am humbled by that. I don't resent my mother for what little knowledge she was given or acquired. I don't hold that against her. At one point in my life, I did, and it made for a very fractured relationship it made for very frustrating interactions which I chose to change I chose to accept my mother the way she was consider the fact that she just doesn't have 
that knowledge. She wasn't equipped with it. She wasn't equipped with the coping skills or the communication skills. Neither was I. But at some point, someone's got to break that pattern. And, it, and, and who better for the job than Amy? I mean, I'm very self-motivated. I'll figure anything out. And I did. So she thanks me for that and appreciates it. And I appreciate her appreciating it. And I appreciate me for breaking the pattern. And I appreciate me for being able to now have the best relationship with her ever. Like, do we have our off moments? For sure. I talk about them with clients in one-on-one sessions when I'm sharing and putting things in context for them, giving them examples. They hear bits and pieces. They know. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. But but the bigger picture here is that that's in any relationship. There's no perfection. There's personal accountability. You know, there's there's self-awareness, there's communication, and there's boundaries. And you know, you can't have you can't have a, a healthy interaction. You know what? Wait, let's just like let's slide to the left for a second and like just just like kind of like just expand on healthy for a second because this I, I, I said to my mom, I said, you know, growing up, it was really strongly emphasized to us to like go to school, get get an education, get married, get a good job in whatever order that occurred. But like all those things should happen. Right. And she was like, yeah, I mean, that's how we were raised. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? When when that's instilled in you, right, that's the mindset you're given. Then even for a very long time, my mindset was like looking at people that were married. And I know so many people do this to this day. For a long time, I would look at people that were married and think they must have figured it out. Right? I'd place them on a pedestal. They, they must know things I don't know if they got there, if they achieved that. So my mom and I this morning were having this whole conversation about that and kind of like snowballing off of that and saying, you know, it's the same when people look at somebody with degrees, she was telling me. You know, people, she's retired now, but when she was working in the hospital, she goes, people would look at like some of the the doctors with their master's degrees or or whatever and... And those, some of those doctors were not good people. And I go, I know, isn't it funny how we, ju- how we label and judge people and categorize them? We, we, for some reason, naively think, oh, well, they're educated. They must be good people. Oh, they're rich. They must be smart. No, rich people aren't all smart. <laughs> Let's factor in some context here, right? How'd they get rich? Was it inherited? Did they, did they make it off of investments? Did they build a business? Like, what, where did they get that? Did they win the lottery? Where did they get that money? A lot of people who win the lottery lose their money because they're not financially, they don't have the financial literacy or educate, like, they're not educated to manage that money, so they lose it. Like, you can't just, it's not black and white. It's not, can't do that. Can't do that with people. Like, let's go back to, to the beginning of this podcast. You can't assume everybody's looking or feeling the same way you do. You just can't. You have to consider beyond your perspective. You can't, and this is why I hold this perspective on mental and emotional 
and physical health is that you can't just look at a symptom and label it with this. The other, a few weeks ago, I was like fatigued, okay? I, I was fatigued. I was dizzy, nauseous, had headaches. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, I had some COVID or a flu, whatever, in January. It wasn't like that. This was like, this was like sinus related something. I wasn't sure. Vertigo. I don't know. And I Googled. Worst thing you could do. Worst thing. But we all still do it. I Googled. I have medical professionals that are on speed dial in my own family and I still Google. And and it's like, <laughs> this, is, this is what it said. Uh, you could have COVID. You could be pregnant. Uh, you could have say an ear infection, sinus infection. I don't know. There was a there was a long ass laundry list of diagnoses. And I was like, funny, they all have the same symptoms. How's that work for medical professionals? The guess and check game. Oh, you got a headache and some dizziness and nausea. Hmm. Let's see. We'll give you a pregnancy test. We'll run some blood work and we'll throw you on some meds and and we'll see which sticks. That's my perception of that pathogenic perspective versus a salutogenic perspective would be, let's go beyond those symptoms. Did you have sex in the last few weeks? Uh, yeah. Did you, um, do you normally have sinus stuff this time of year? Yeah. Actually, all year round, I have sinus issues. Matter of fact, I've had so many surgeries, like more times than not, it's a sinus problem for me and, and nothing else. You can't, ju- Amy can't just get a headache and go, oh, brain tumor. No, it's most likely sinus related. <laughs> like, yeah, factor in beyond, right? And then let's go further. Amy, what are your stress levels like lately? Oh, they're pretty high. I'm getting my ass bullied nonstop on social media. Oh, okay. Well, then, like, that's up there, too. How's your sleep? Like, are you sleeping or are you kind of half sleeping? Like, are you hitting a nice REM cycle or not? Like, you just keep going and going and going. Like, you got to factor in environmental, social fact. Have you had an argument with someone recently? Did you go through a breakup recently? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes to all of the above. Okay. So, like, like, you get what I'm saying? You got to consider beyond that narrow-minded perspective. And I'm just giving it to you in a million different contexts to really like drive my point home here. But at the end of the day, like that's what you've got to be able to do. But in order to do that, you have to be able to regulate yourself and understand you first. You do. You just have to. Otherwise, you're trapped. You're trapped in the pain. Then you become reactive to the pain. Let me tell you who did not consider beyond themselves. I've been catching up. So I watched The Crown from the end of season three until the end of season four. That's where I started because I knew the characters. I I, I mentioned this. Uh, Now I've gone back and I, I went back through season one. Like I basically restarted because now I know who those older people are, and now I'm re-watching, understanding who I'm watching, right? Who doesn't consider beyond themselves? The queen. (laughs) 
the queen i'm getting so pissed off at this at this woman on the tv every time she has to make a decision i'm like you are a horrible human being horrible human being because all she cares about is protecting the crown and the reputation of the monarchy she doesn't care about her sister's feelings i live for princess margaret and really feel for her now that I like I watched her as she was older in those other episodes and now I've gone back on watching her younger and seeing all of this nitty gritty that's now made sense of the older episodes and I'm like Jesus this poor woman was kept from the man that she wanted to marry all because her sister couldn't think beyond herself, like didn't want to consider the trajectory and, and the impact of making this decision. Instead, she was completely dismissive. I remember the one conversation they have where where Margaret was like, I love him. And Elizabeth goes, you'll love again. That's so dismissive. I want to smack a bitch. I, sw- I, I, I watched... The, that interview, we talked about it last week. I, I appreciate the fact that the queen can compartmentalize being grandma, but playing grandma and playing sister and playing mother are three different roles. Now, for ideally, ideally, you would be the same person across the board. Like, I'm the same person in my work with clients that I am in my life. The only thing that switches are some of the boundaries, right? Because of the nature of the relationships. But I'm the same person. You get the same personality here that you get on Instagram stories, that you get if you're hanging out with me, that you get if you're in my family. Like, I'm the same person. Was I always like this? No. I wasn't like this until I really came to like and accept myself. But... Seems like Queen Elizabeth, this broad, it is a different person with everybody. She don't give a shit about anyone. I, ugh, she doesn't think beyond herself. I can't. But like, just so reference here, if you've seen it or you understand what I'm talking about, that's a good visual representation of what I'm saying on a different scale. To, to the conversation that started it all this morning with my parents, you know, they, it, it made me feel, and it, and again, if I was someone who lacked communication skills and the ability to emotion, emotionally regulate, this whole thing would have went down very differently. But that doesn't negate my feelings. In this moment of frustration for me, I really felt like, wow, do they not remember all of these situations I've been in that have led me to feel anxiety or fear on this particular subject, do they not consider that this would be a topic that would really stress me out or put me in a place of panic? Do they, so to send me a frivolous text message and then when I call to inquire, you just spout off random things instead of really thinking through your answers to give me legitimate answers. You just gave me anything to answer. That's a a potent statement right there. To give somebody just anything just for the sake of answering versus to really think through your answer. 
could really change the trajectory of a conversation, right? One way could lead to an argument. The other way could lead to peace. And and if I didn't have the ability in that moment to just like take a breath and, and be like, hmm, yes, call me when you get home. And, and then speak through what I'm feeling. And I, I said to my mom, I go, you know, I know how uncomfortable this makes you. <laughs> and she goes, it does. It does. But I've come to appreciate it because you are the most honest person with me out of everybody in this family. And I said, yeah, but it's because of, because of how I feel. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, I don't feel good. Unless I express myself. In order for me to feel good, the next time I see or speak to you, I need to talk about this. And and I'm always going to talk about it. And she goes, oh, I know you will. And I go, yeah, I will. I'm not going to talk about it to somebody else and not address it with you. Because then I'm going to be angry and passive aggressive or, again, like short-tempered with you. And I don't want that relationship with you. I want a good one. I want a smooth one. I want a balanced one. I want a happy one. I want a fun one. So in order for me to maintain that, there has to be these uncomfortable conversations. And quite frankly, the more you have them, the less uncomfortable they get because they become natural. And and luckily, I have a mother who can see my heart And through her defenses over the years has slowly let that guard down to sit in that discomfort because she really, like, on her own accord, would not, would not do that. But she knows I will track her ass down and I'm having the conversation regardless. So she better just sit tight and, and... and endure it for a second and and hear it because I'm also not going to let the conversation go without accepting that I've been heard, you know, and and feeling like it was productive. And luckily, we're at a point in our relationship where she knows I'm not going to settle. And so what I mean by that last statement is that in the past, because she would get so uncomfortable, I'd sit down to have a conversation with her. And she, when she got uncomfortable in the midst of the conversation, she'd get up and say, this, I'm done. This conversation's over. And she'd kind of like leave the room. She knows I'm not going to allow that to take place. And I, by allow that, what I mean, and I have to, unfortunately, in, in, on platforms like this, I have to kind of break that down and and explain it to you so you get the full context here. What I mean by not allow that is the next time she returns to the room and acts like that conversation is over, I'm going to revisit it repeatedly until she finishes that conversation with me. Like you don't get to decide when the conversation is over. There's two people in it. And if I'm not done expressing, it's not over yet, right? So people who want to control a conversation because of their own emotional discomfort or mental discomfort will do that. They'll just kind of be like, I'm done. Hang up the phone. I'm done. Leave the room. She knows. She she knows she can't play that with me. With anyone else, she can do that and return to the room 
and go, so do you want anything to eat? And the person will go, sure. And they'll just change the subject. Amy, that's not happening. A Amy will bring it right back up again. She knows that. So it's just quicker and easier if you just sit tight. Let's talk it out. Uh, and, and hear each other. And I'm always happy to fully hear her. And now she's in a place where she will fully hear me. We spoke for over an hour this morning on the phone. And it was really great and fulfilling for me because that's what communication does for me. And, and it was nice to know that whether, whether the next time there's a situation where, you know, something happens and she has the opportunity to consider my feelings or not, time will tell if that takes place. But I felt good and I felt like I was heard. And at the end of the day, it becomes less about changing people. This is where we'll, we'll, we'll kind of end this because this is important. It becomes less about changing people, controlling people, or lecturing people. It becomes more about, I felt this way. I want you to hear it and just try to understand it. And let's try to find a better way in the future. And whether they hit or miss... It becomes null and void at that point with some things, not all things, not all contexts, but with some benign things, it does become null and void. Like it, it will become lesser of a ordeal because we will, we will have that conversation again if it occurs again. And by positive reinforcement of that conversation and reminding that like this needs to happen, it has to happen. You don't get anywhere by slapping the shit out of someone, bullying them and telling them to change, you, you get more bees with honey, right? So in the scheme of things, I recognize that change doesn't happen one, after one conversation. It doesn't happen overnight, you know? You're, you got to factor in a lot more. You got to see beyond that one incident. You've got to think beyond yourself, you have to you have to look at the fact that like me saying to my mom, can you consider my feelings? What I'm asking her to do is maybe something that was never done for her growing up. But I've share, shared with her through example that I do it for you, mom. So it's possible. Look here. See? And it will take time. Just like with everything with her, I, I, I even say to my siblings at times when they run into trouble, I say, you know, it takes patience. And they're like, I don't have it. And I'm like, well, you're going to want to have it if you want this to, to work smoother for you because that's what you need here. It's not a one and done game. You didn't change overnight. I sure as fuck didn't change overnight. Nobody can change overnight. Till next week.